0: Hello, hello. All right. Well, if you're here for Cornerstone, you're in the right place. Um, If you're not, you're welcome to stick around. Um, But, uh, well, just want to welcome you all to the first uh, Cornerstone of the new year. And uh, hopefully, um, over the break, you've had opportunity to apply some of the things we learned last semester, uh, as far as Gospel Shepherding in the Home, uh, but we're going to actually be continuing that series uh, this semester. But since it's been a while, um, I just wanted to remind uh, those of you who are here, you know, what the purpose of Cornerstone is, right? Um, on Sundays, we hear the word proclaim, as we did this morning with Pastor Mark, and on Wednesdays, we have the opportunity through Logos to study the word together, right? And um, each week, we have an opportunity to be taught God's Word, right? It's not the words of fallen, uh, fallible men. It's it's the divine, um, perfect, and authoritative Word of God. And we're just reminded regularly, right, the process of being taught God's Word is not complete by simply hearing it, by simply studying it, right, by simply reading it. You know, it really needs to be applied in our hearts, and that's Part of the reason that we have this time, the second hour equipping, is for us to consider how we are to live out uh, his word uh, in obedience by faith. And so, as I mentioned, this semester we'll continue um, considering what it means to shepherd our homes uh, with the gospel. Um, but let me open us up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to have a time, uh, just a little bit of Q&A with Garrett and Udi, and then uh, we'll go from there. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you uh, just for the opportunity we have uh, just to continue uh, to be blessed by your word. Uh, Ultimately, it's your word that we need. Uh, It's your word that you give to us uh, out of love and kindness to those of us, um, Lord, who who need to be taught, Uh, Lord, need to be taught ultimately uh, who you are as our heavenly and loving Father, uh, your plan of salvation, um, and how you call us to live in light of the fact that we are now uh, adopted as sons and daughters of uh, our God. And so, Lord, what a privilege it is to know you, what a privilege it is to know your salvation, and what a privilege it is for us to live out our calling together as a family. And so, uh, even as we consider your word this morning, uh, Lord, help us uh, to apply these things to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, one of the things uh, we're going to be talking about today uh, is going to be introducing... um, our youth ministry that we're hoping to launch this semester. And so just to open the, uh, the time and, and sort of break the ice a little bit, I wanted to ask Garrett and Udi, you know, since they've been here from the very beginning um, of the church and also along the way they've added three kids, right, starting with Jordan and Isabel and Jamie, um, you know, how it's been going. Uh, but I guess more recently, you know, what's a particular challenge that you have faced in terms of shepherding um, as they've gotten older, right? Now Jordan is 11, almost 12, right? And Isabel, 9, right? And uh, Jamie's not far behind 6, yeah. But, you know, Jordan's definitely in that youth group, you know, age gap group, and then, you know, uh, Isabel's not far behind. But maybe you could just share with us, you know, just a particular challenge that you guys have been dealing with more recently as they've gotten older? Yeah.
1: I think, um, well, first of all, it's it's definitely before the challenge, just briefly, it's really, I enjoy this season a lot, uh, personally. Like, it, it's really fun um, to see them grow and to see them uh, mature. Um, to, for me, it's the really young years are like very physically demanding and tiring, and now it's like it's a it's shifted in a different way. They're much more capable, obviously, as they grow older. But yeah, the shepherding aspects are different. Um, there's definitely overlap, which I'll, I'll talk about. But the shepherding aspects are are, are different. Um, but it's it to me, it's really fun. Um, you know, getting to talk with them about other things than than we're able to like my conversations with Jordan are much different than with Jamie and um, uh, it's fun I think one of the challenges that I think is a even a challenge at the beginning as well but it it's um, it's still there is um, shepherding in a like a, ch- to change behavior uh, versus shepherding their hearts um, I think um, yeah, Jordan, you know, almost 12. He's definitely, he's like in the middle school years. You're starting to see more of the kind of like middle school or like cool attitude or like uh, kind of, yeah, sometimes it's a little like, you know, how dare you say that kind of thing <laughs> um, that, you know, he didn't say when he was six um you know he was used to be a sweet little boy and you know you know even his sisters will be like Jordan you used to be so nice to us so i, I don't need to expose him so much but you know these are common yeah. you know sibling things and and our temptation is to just get him to be nice to his sisters get him to talk to us the right way get him to um uh you know Do the things we want them to do, um, which I don't think is necessarily unique to that stage of life, Um, but um, I think it's you know it it misses the point of what we ultimately want as parents is is for uh, you know them to follow God's ways and and be saved, and that's something we can't do. that's maybe one thing. There's there's others. I don't know. I have I have more about maybe let Udi share a little bit about it. Um, okay. The the other one would be I think. Um, you mentioned like we've been been here at church a long time. We've gone to, to church. All all our kids know is is being at church and at at home, like reading their Bibles. We talk to them about God all the not all the time, but like. A good amount, and now they, they attend like a Christian school. So there's no shortage of like investment uh, in them with or an exposure to God's word, God's people, the truth, and the gospel. Um, yet it's challenging to be um, patient in trusting that God will use all of that in his time when we see you know maybe Jordan um, be like more apathetic towards things um, and it's like well come on like don't you know like don't you know all these things like shouldn't it like evoke uh, a response right and um, you know the the temptation is to try and and like work that out of him kind of thing um, rather than to just, just trust the Lord in his timing and that the means of grace that he's provided will, um, you know, do that work in his sovereign will. So, yeah, I think those are two of the things.
0: Yeah, thanks, you know, uh, and Udi, I don't know if you have anything, but, you know, I don't know about you, you guys, but, you know, it sounds very familiar, you know, like for our family they being you know, having gone to church for all of their life, right, been part of our lives, and, you know, at least Isaiah now going to a Christian school. Before that, he was in public, but, you know, certainly there's a lot of familiarity, but yeah, just waiting on the Lord for those things, and yeah, it can be tough for us as parents, right, and, um, and hopefully, you know, we'll address some of those things um, during the devotional time, but Udi, maybe, is there anything, maybe you can start with an encouragement. I think that would be helpful, and then, you know, a particular challenge for you.
2: Um, I mean, yeah, an encouragement would be that I still sense like a softness, like he's not hardened to things. So if we were to address, you know, about, hey, why are you treating me like this and respect, but yet you respect, you know, your school teacher way more, like you obey what he says, right? And it's like, so he's still soft, and I mean, I'm hoping it's not just a worldly sorrow, so you could just continue to pray, you know, for a godly sorrow that when we bring up things, um, yeah, that he would have a godly sorrow, like, over it, and so, yeah, we're, we're definitely not perfect in shepherding, you know, our kids' hearts, and it's, I think it's been more difficult, especially, like, I'm shorter than, right, and he's as tall as me now like he over like the summer and over the fall like and winter just like he would always like stand super close to me and check like if he's taller than me yet right and you know he already, his feet surpassed me like way earlier so it's like all right you know it's gonna happen and and in a sense like i feel it has changed like our dynamic where he's becoming a man and i have to remember that like you know, he's still a child, yet he's going to be a man, and um, to still shepherd him, like, just like your child, like, you want to teach them that the way that they want to go, you want them to go, right, and it, hopefully in God's way, so just remembering that, you know, he's changing, and yeah, he's, like, stinking, you know, like, just he's, and it's just what's happening right now, you know, in their age group, so... Yeah. And it's just, it's really changed the dynamic. I feel like he was really sweet. He would sing and like, you know, I, and then now it's some, somehow like things have changed a little bit. And so, um, yeah. And we always talk to him about just respecting, um, not always, but if he's like saying something, you know, disrespectful, if I'm asking him to like practice piano, and then he's just, like, lying there on the piano bench, like, not wanting to practice, but, you know, addressing, like, hey, like, you know, you still need to obey, you know, and, like, we hope that you would use this, you know, for for the church or for, for God's glory, but, of course, like, they can't see that, like, right now, right? And um, so, yeah, uh, that would be, like, just a challenge right there.
0: Well, thanks for sharing and, you know, giving us some glimpse of what family life is like and you know like you know it's been sweet. I, I hope you guys echo this. Just to see our kids growing up in our church, right? I mean, even before I came in here, you know, girls are huddling together, you know, having a little I don't know what they do. I don't have girls, but you know, the boys in the back playing basketball, I'm familiar with that, right? And and just seeing their laughter and, and just and and having that, you know, be a part of that church life. You know, and, and I know that doesn't equate to salvation, um, but what a, what a hopefully that's something that, you know, leaves an impression upon them as they get older and they're exposed to other things in the world and, you know, sort of like, what about this and what about this? They'll remember, you know, how sweet it is and how good it is to be in part of God's uh, home. So, one last question for you all, you know, both, you know, well, how can we be praying for you? Uh, you know, Udi, you mentioned a little bit, but maybe for Garrett, you know, how can we be praying for your family? particularly, you know, with the three getting older day by day?
1: Um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, the, the main prayer is that, like, for us, you know, to be as husband and wife and individually ourselves, to be, you know, for our own walks with the Lord to continue to grow and thrive and to reflect the gospel um, you know, in you know, in this context, in terms of of shepherding and family life, um, that I think is the main way that our kids are ultimately gonna gonna see that and see our our love for them, and ultimately God's love for them. And um, so, just to be um, you know, trusting in the Lord and not our own efforts. Mm-hmm. Every family has like a, a busy schedule. there's lots of things going on and that's not different for us. and so um, in the kind of daily things, you can it's easy to just be, go by on your our own efforts and and not as much stop and take time to um, remember our our trust and our dependence and our hope is in in the Lord. And so um, those are the things, I think, to pray for for us and um, something that we hope for our home. Thanks, Garrett.
0: And I I think, you know, as you hear these things, you could be praying for all of us, right? I mean, because we're all sort of walking that same path and road and, you know, uh, there's no temptation that's not uncommon, uncommon to man, right? We're all, you know, the Lord sanctifying through us through all these things, and as Garrett mentioned, you know, at the end of the day, we just need to be close to Christ and, and follow his lead and, and be growing in him. So, well, thank you for sharing. Can we give them a round of applause? And then what we're going to do for the next maybe 15 minutes or so is I'm going to have you guys break up into small groups, but I'm going to ask specifically as um, I'm looking around if we can mix up some families with some singles um, some families with kids, without kids, just so there, there's a little bit of, you know, mixing going on, you know. Um, uh, and, you know, I want us to just just talk about one particular challenge in a relationship that you're in, you know. Uh, it could be with a roommate, with your spouse, with your kids, parents, coworker, worker um, and, and just to pray for one another in that, that God would... Um, yeah, just not only give us wisdom and how to handle that challenge, but also grow us in Him through that. Uh, and so, just spend 15 minutes or so, very brief, just share how we can pray, and then if we can pray for one another, and then after that, we'll uh, transition to the devotional time. All right, so we'll give you 15 minutes, so break. All right, I see most of you wrapping up, so... If you guys are done, you can find a seat. All right. Well, it's almost noon, so we're going to try to power through this. Our kids are eagerly waiting for us. So, Um, well, I want to start off asking a few questions. You know, first, how does the gospel address the challenges of raising our older children or youth in our home? and in the church, Some of the issues that even Garrett and Udi brought up. Well, how does the gospel address the challenges of raising our older children, our youth in this world, right? In this rapidly progressive and evolving culture, how do we navigate, or how do we help them navigate the influences of things like social media, secular psychology, artificial intelligence, of movements such as LGBTQ+, gender ideology, critical race theory, right? Does Scripture adequately address the growing needs of the youth in our church, or do we need to look outside God's Word for help in shepherding the next generation? And as we mentioned earlier, you know, we are planning, um, Lord willing, next month to launch our ch- uh, youth ministry. But uh, if you've ever looked in your in the Bible and, and looked for youth ministry, you know, you probably will notice there is... No mention of youth ministry, at least, nor not a formal one. And now that doesn't mean that we can't have a youth ministry or that there isn't a place for one in the church, right? It's optional, not essential, but the aim and direction of the ministry must come from His Word, rather than our own ideas or experiences. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to Acts chapter two. If you don't, don't, I think I have it. Yep, I have it up here on the slide here. In sort of to set the context for this passage, this takes place after Christ had died on the cross. He was buried and raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And after he had presented himself alive for 40 days, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. But not before he promised the coming of the Holy Spirit which came upon the believers who were gathered in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And this is the context where we read in verse 42... they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. Right, some have read this account of the birth of the church and read into the text this picture of the early church as sort of this socialist community where you had to sell everything you have and distribute the proceeds equally in order to make sure that no one had more than the next person. But nothing can be further from the truth. Instead, what we see is that their joy and their unity and generosity were an outward expression of their faith in Christ and their devotion to his word and his people. But to put it another way, as they received God's word, they responded to it with faith and obedience to their present circumstances and relationships with one another. Right? Not in one year and out the other, not just growing in head knowledge, but their lives were changed from the inside out as the living and active word of God took root in their hearts. There was a visible and palpable difference in the lives of these believers. And what's the result of that? Verse 47. As they were praising God in all these things, they were having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. In the end, the work of the gospel could not be suppressed, nor could it be denied. And it drew the attention of those who were watching such that these Christians were shown favor with all the people. Not only that, as God's people devoted themselves to the ministry of the Word and the fellowship of prayer, it says the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You don't see a bunch of evangelistic outreach programs or activities or ministries as you might see in many of our seeker-sensitive and mega-churches today. They simply devoted themselves to those means of grace that the Lord had provided in order for them to grow in their fellowship with Christ and in their unity with one another. And remarkably, through the testimony of their lives, others came to saving faith. At the same time, we see that these, what these Christians were not devoted to. Right? They were not tied to their possessions or their belongings, their homes, their jobs, or paychecks, as they shared with those who had need. Though our context today is different from those early believers, the question for us remains the same, right? What is it that you and I are devoted to? Is it our careers, our kids' educations, the size of our 401k account? Or are we devoted entirely to Christ, his word, and his lordship over every aspect of our lives, including our finances, our material possessions, our ministries, our relationships both in and outside the church? And as we consider their faithful example, we see what was the fruit of their devotion to Christ. It was pure joy and generosity, such that they were able to freely serve and sacrificially give out of a heart of contentment, out of their sufficiency in Christ. What a beautiful picture of the gospel that is. And as the life of Christ, his love and his lordship was put on display through their transformed lives, others took notice and we're drawn by their testimony. It is the power of the gospel and the life of the church that serves as the greatest witness in our evangelism. And as Martin Lloyd-Jones once said, right, the glory of the gospel is that when the church is absolutely different from the world, she invariably attracts it. It is then that the world is made to listen to her message, which is the message of the gospel. Now, what does all this have to do with shepherding our children, especially as many of them are getting older, right? And how does this inform the way in which we build a youth ministry that honors Christ and is faithful to his word? Well, certainly as parents, we recognize the need for us to grow in our shepherding, right? We need to be better equipped to bring up our youth in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so one of the things we're going to ask of those participating in the youth ministry, the parents, is, this semester, we'll be going through uh, a book called Shepherding a Child's Heart. And many of you read that before, but it's a helpful resource and a tool for us to be equipped. But as we continue on through Acts, and even in some of Paul's epistles, we see that as particular needs arose within the church, right? We think, for example, of the care of widows in Acts chapter 6 and 1 Timothy 5. Different ministries were started, but it was always in the context of and as an extension of the church. Ministry was never to be separate from from the local church, nor a replacement for it, but an extension of it. Youth ministry is not something to do on a Friday night, an alternative to secular fun, to entertain, to keep them out of trouble, to have a safe, secure place, to build friendships and social networks. And as a parent, I understand that temptation to want those things for our children. But as we consider the testimony of his word, they're a poor substitute For Christ and the gospel. Instead, the mission of our youth ministry is the mission of the church, which is what, according to Matthew 28 18 through 20? To make disciples of Christ, right? It's to make disciples of Christ, and it starts in our hearts and in our homes. For it is only to the extent that we ourselves are following Christ and growing as his disciples reflecting his lordship over every area of our lives, that we're able to call others to follow him. Right? It's not do as I say, not as I do, but imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we need encouragement to be living out his word day to day as we proclaim it to our youth. So then, the primary focus and priority of this ministry is not so much on our youth, but on us, right? the mothers and especially the fathers whom the Lord has called to lead and shepherd in the home. But the shepherding of our youth is not limited to the parents. It involves each and every member of this church. Because the reality is that two Christian parents are not adequate to display the gospel on their own. We need the rest of the church to come alongside of us to help in shepherding our youth. We are the household of God, and we, to, we are to do it together as one in Christ. And we may have different God-given roles, different gifts, and different functions, but we are each called to faithfully reflect and represent Christ. So what this means is for you who are singles, for those of you who are married without, parent, without, without children, right? it means that we need your support, right? for example, to help facilitate some activities For our youth, whether it's basketball or baking, or if we decide to do a youth retreat, let's say, at a campsite, maybe we can use some help setting up tents or preparing meals. And at the end of the day, it's not about the activities themselves, which is what youth ministries are often about. But through these activities, it gives us opportunities to share our lives, to get to know our youth and allow them to get to know us, and specifically Christ Christ. In us, and as our youth grow up in this Romans one culture and society, what they ultimately need to be shown from His Word and through our lives is Christ and the Gospel. Right, that while our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately sick, Christ came to those who are sick, that we might receive salvation through repentance and faith in Him. That He's not only our greatest need, but also our greatest treasure. That nothing this world has to offer compares with the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. They need to hear these things from us. They, see, they need to see it in our lives as well. And in that sense, our actions do speak louder than our words. Now, if we truly believe that his word is sufficient, Scripture must inform not only the goals of this ministry, but it's also our methodology. How do we go about doing youth ministry? If I can have my next slide. And as we learned last semester about shepherding our home with the gospel, it starts with taking the time to know our children. We need to know them before we can even consider how to lead, protect, and provide for them. And Christ as the good shepherd is our example in this. He's not a cold and distant shepherd, but one who condescends and draws near to us through his gospel presence. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He took on human flesh and dwelt among us, so that he is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, having been tempted in every way, yet without sin. He knows us intimately, our sins, our struggles, our frailties, our desires, our fears. And having laid down his life for us, he beckons us to leave our old life, to take up our cross and follow him as he leads us on paths of righteousness. Right, what this means is that as we seek to apply this gospel principle in shepherding our youth, we as parents and as members of this church play an active and ongoing role in this ministry. Our involvement is not to be limited to dropping them off and picking them up. We are to be with them and participate with them as Christ is modeled for us, assuming that he's truly Lord of our lives and that we are following him by faith. And some of you are already doing this as you encourage your children to participate with you in these ministries of which you are a part. But we must never allow our service and our participation to be disconnected from the gospel. And hopefully, over time, as they get older, as they become increasingly aware of what's in their hearts and exposed to what's out in the world, they will see the difference that the gospel makes in your life and in mine. Not just how we are forgiven of our sins, declared righteous before God through faith in Jesus Christ, but also how our lives are being transformed through the sanctifying power of the gospel. So that as we continue to pray, the Lord might be gracious to open their eyes to the truth and draw them to saving faith in Christ. Well, I want to close by reading from Psalm 145. Um, It was encouragement to me as I was considering these words this week. And the psalmist writes, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. At the end of the day, this is our aim and this is our hope, that as we are faithful to shepherd the youth who are part of our church, the Lord would raise up future generations of those who will declare his goodness, his greatness, and his righteousness. So hopefully... We as a church can pray toward that. You know, we'll be starting, like I said, our uh, initial launch of youth ministry in a couple weeks from now. But if you could just be praying with us for that time. And for those of you who are parents of youth that age, hopefully you're encouraged uh, to see how the Lord is calling you to participate in this ministry. But also for all of us as part of His church, as part of this household, uh, we have a significant role in how we minister and, and shepherd the youth that the Lord has uh, given to our church to um, to shepherd. All right? Well, With that, I'll just close with a word of prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we see uh, in your word uh, what a good and gracious plan you have for us uh, to rescue us out of our darkness, and to bring us into your marvelous light, to redeem us from sin, uh, bring us into your household so that we can truly uh, belong to you, as we were reminded this morning, to call you our Heavenly Father, uh, to live for your desires, to live for your kingdom, to live for your will and not ours. And Lord, we know that is a process that you're working out in our hearts as we continue to look to you, Lord, uh, to be Lord of our entire lives from bottom up, from inside out. Lord, we have an opportunity, uh, Lord, to reflect the good news of the gospel to those around us and immediately we think of our youth we think of our children not only in our homes but in this church uh, that together we can reflect your character your holiness your goodness your mercy your justice and your grace to those who are growing up in our midst lord we just pray for their salvation uh, we pray that you would open their eyes to behold christ as their greatest worth and treasure as we have found him to be and we pray for the parents as well Lord, that we would continue to be faithful, uh, to labor in uh, living out the gospel and proclaiming the gospel, uh, not uh, taking matters into our own hands or or uh, falling into temptation of uh, be modifying behavior, but simply uh, seeking to be faithful um, as you've called us to be shepherds in the home, but also for our church as a whole, Lord, as we look forward to see how you will grow and build this ministry, Lord. Would you Yeah, just make it clear to us how you want us to be a part of it. For some of us, it is to pray. For others of us, it's to be actively serving in this ministry. But through it all, Lord, would Christ be exalted, and uh, would your name be uh, what is uh, revered at the end of the day. We thank you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and you guys are all dismissed.